Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hey, this is Carolyn Ahrens, and you have great taste. You're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. Today's topic is raising an Esther in a Miley Cyrus world. Friends, we are living in disturbing times. Most recently, I've seen news reports of the following situations. East Central University in Ada, Oklahoma, recently was threatened by an association called Americans United for Separation of Church and State. They were told that if they did not remove their Bibles from their chapel and remove the cross from the top of the roof of the chapel, that they would be sued. Listeners, it's a chapel from 1950s. It's a chapel. Number two, in Midtown Manhattan on August 26th, women marched topless to demand equal topless rights. What does that even mean? How does showing a bare body get us more rights? Number three, in New York, the elite Bank Street School for Children on the Upper West Side is teaching its six-year-olds they are born racist and they should feel guilty. Number four, on August 13th, at a rally in Virginia, a riotous leader demanded that white people give up their homes to black and brown people. Helms, the leader, stated, quote, that post was not meant for racists. It was meant for a certain type of white people who want to be allies and accomplices. For example, if you have no descendants or you're just making money off a piece of property because you don't want it, why not give it to a black or brown family? End of quote. Number five, a prominent actress, Jennifer Lawrence, stated on the news that the Hurricane Harvey was due to the state of Texas voting for President Donald Trump. And six, lastly, the transgenders have decided to create a camp for children ages four through 12 who want to decide which sex they would like to be if they really want to be a boy or a girl. Now, if you're a Christ follower or just somebody that's got some good morals and ethics, you're going to be feeling kind of sick like I am, and you're not really sure what to do. Well, Scripture tells us in 2 Timothy 3, quote, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, having nothing to do with such people, end of quote. Wow, did you hear that? And then correlate it with today. You can have your own opinion on any of the stories I told you about earlier, but when I was a child, it felt safe to be a child. We went to public school and were proud of our country. We said the Pledge of Allegiance each morning, and if we were mean, unkind, or disrespectful to a teacher or another classmate, we were sent to the principal's office. That in itself was enough for embarrassment beyond your imagination. We stood for the national anthem because we were grateful to live in America. We respected authority, whether it was our parents, police, our mayor, governor, or our president. We respected the flag. We honored history. Sure, maybe some of the presidents or leaders had their own issues because we're all human and we're all sinful, but we didn't see protesters out beating and harming others because of political viewpoint. Children were children. We went to church. We played outside. We enjoyed games like tetherball, foursquare, and blind man's bluff. We thought reading was fun. We watched Gilligan's Island, and we went to our town's baseball games. School was safe. 
teachers encouraged us. We knew right from wrong, and there was no such thing as politically correct. People were more tolerant without being bullied. People were challenged and stretched to be better, not to be crazy acting. I'm ashamed of us today. I'm sad, I'm shocked, and I'm a little scared. Things are weird and out of order, and people are getting pushed and bullied and are fearful. I just read of a mob of people who beat people for supporting our president, and in my lifetime, I would have never dreamed this would happen. And if we had seen it with our last president, those people beating others would have been arrested and shamed. Not now, not in our current state. Gone are the days of raising our little girls to be like Queen Esther from the book of Esther in Scripture. In case you don't remember or have never heard of her, she's a woman in the Bible who is lovely, a queen. That book has 10 chapters of a story of a lovely young woman who's beautiful, honest, loyal, creative, and serves God. She helps others, and she's loyal to her kingdom and its leader, King Xerxes, and is modest and self-sacrificial. In today's world, we're seeing Japan thrust five-year-olds on the runways wearing negligees. In America, we're seeing role models that once were people like Grace Kelly, Audrey Hepburn, and Annette Funicello now presented as women boasting their individuality and sexuality like Madonna, who wants to blow up the White House, or Miley Cyrus, who cried and said she was moving out of the country. Miley, the perpetrator of lewd comments and dress and repulsive behavior, now is apologizing, which I really respect and appreciate but she hasn't been a very good role model since Hannah Montana. The days of helping our children live a safe and protected childhood are fleeing quickly, and here to talk about what we can do to help our children, our grandchildren, nieces, nephews, neighbors, is Jessica Newbert. So joining me today in the studio is Jessica Newbert. Jessica and her husband Aaron live in Sauk Center, Minnesota, with their six kids, Kate 17, Kelly 16, Adrian 13, J12, Adam 10, and Allie 3. So she's a busy mom. She's been involved in missions work in Africa, youth and women's ministries, and currently co-leads the MOPS Mothers of Preschoolers program in her community. Jessica, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Jessica, we're going to dive into this tough topic today. Um, I've been talking to the listeners just about today's society and what it's like to be raising kids. It's very, very different from when you were younger, when I was younger. I know you're a lot younger than me. But just things have really shifted, especially in this last year in society. And the news reports we're hearing on a daily basis are just absolutely sickening. Uh, You're a mom of six kids, specifically Mm -hmm. three daughters. When you hear stories like the one where the kindergarten teacher's promoting little five-year-olds to question their gender, tell us how you feel about that. Well, my first um, feeling of it is anger, and, and that's kind of a struggle because we think of anger as being ungodly. But my church actually just recently did a Chip Ingram study on sinful anger versus righteous anger. Mm, Sure. And as a mother striving to raise my children to honor God and His principles with their lives, I feel like this brings great righteous anger to me. Um, You know, I think about the public school system, how they're attacking God's moral truth and trying to instill in our children that we should do whatever is right in our own eyes and follow our heart. Um, And oddly enough, they draw the line at the students that want to share Christ with others and pray at school, read their Bible at lunch, and yet they tell five-year-olds that they can choose whatever gender they want. And, you know, unfortunately, we're seeing this more and more all the time in the home as well with Mm -hmm. parenting. And instead of parenting our kids and teaching them truth, so many are giving them more freedoms all the time to make decisions that are not age-appropriate. 
which I believe just sets them up for failure. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, Jessica, thinking about school land is so difficult because so many people have withdrawn their kids. They've just taken them right out and they're homeschooling, Mm -hmm. but not everybody is able to do that with their jobs or with how they feel. So they're forced. I mean, they just have to send their kids to school. And I I know Mm -hmm. this past week, one of the more shocking things, I, I follow the activist mommy um, blogger on Facebook. And one of the mm-hmm. most shocking stories was the little girl who went in back to school. She was in, in kindergarten and she mm-hmm. had left the little boy, the friend that she loved so much, you know, hadn't seen him over summer, ran up to him and said, mm-hmm. hello. I don't know if his name was like John or something. Mm-hmm. And then she got, did you hear that story? She got sent down to the principal's office and they I- did you, did you, oh, it was awful. So she, this little girl was, you know, a little five or six year old and mm-hmm. they blamed her for calling this boy his name. Um, we'll say his name is John because over mm-hmm. the summer, John decided that he was Joan. He was no longer a boy. He was a girl. And this oh little, my. I know this little girl just innocently called him the name that she knew him by. She was so happy to see him. So they chewed her out and said, you're bullying, you're, you know, mistreating him. They sent a letter, which we saw online, printed out Mm -hmm. to that, you know, parents. The parents pulled her from school. But they said if that little girl ever called him his old name again as a boy and not the new name as a girl, that she would be disciplined. Okay, the little girl cried and cried. She didn't understand. And you think this is what's happening in school. This is what's happening in our world today. And I Mm -hmm. agree with you on righteous anger. I think Christians have a downfall, Jessica, don't you agree, where we tend Mm -hmm. to just sit back and and we're shocked. We think, huh, what? What's happening? And we aren't able to say, wait, this is wrong. It it makes you mad, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, if we're lacking that righteous anger, um, then I think we're lacking conviction, too. And I think that society's taking us that direction where we're lacking conviction because things are just becoming more normalized. And so sometimes as parents, we even start to, I think, kind of forget about, wait, this isn't okay. And this isn't the way God intended it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to really protect ourselves as well and how we parent. Definitely. And I know I just talked to a couple of friends of mine, and they said there just isn't a black and a white anymore. Everything is gray. There's not a drawn line. It's just all mixed and muddled. Of course, Mm -hmm. there are stronger lines that are drawn when Christians say, no, I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And recently, we saw Coach Joe Kennedy, who took a knee and silently prayed for 30 seconds, 30 seconds Mm -hmm. on a football field at his school. He was suspended, Mm -hmm. and the school did not reinstate him. And I know that you have these sons um, who could be football players. How does mm-hmm. your family see this kind of situation? You know, I don't promote my kids going against what they're told by authority in school, but this would be one of those times where I just say, you do what honors God, and, and that us as parents will fight it. Mm, yeah. I just think we have to draw the line somewhere as Christians as well. And, and I don't know what that looks like going forward. I mean, if that were to happen and they were to take a knee and get into trouble for it, you know, it's easy for me to say, we'll deal with it as parents, and I don't know what that looks like, but I'm letting them know that they are not going to be restricted in sharing the love of Christ. And I know that being in, um, when I was a missionary in Africa, we were in a very Muslim country, and we were not allowed to share Christ at all, so we went as healthcare workers, but we had to pray about those times when we felt God was leading us, and I think it's going to be the same in school. I mean, I think that, you know, 
there's going to be times where our kids are like, am I going to get in trouble for this? And I hope that's not true. I live in a, in a very Catholic town, so I, I'm, it is more um, conservative for sure. But with the way things are heading, I don't know that it's always going to stay that way. That's so right. yeah. we just need to be proactive oh, and, and realizing what could be coming around the corner and have those conversations with our kids and how mm-hmm. we would handle things. Right. And recently, I don't know if you saw this, mm-hmm. but Jennifer, is it Lawrence, John? Is that the the actress? Jennifer yes. Lawrence was, mm-hmm. you know, on TV. I saw her being interviewed as she blamed Donald Trump uh, for mm-hmm. the, you know, the flooding of poor Texas. And, you know, we're certainly praying for Texas and trying to reach out. But she said it was Mother Nature's way of getting back at mm. Texas for voting for Donald and I just think, wow, this is the society that people are raising their children in. Um, right. it, it's, it's very sad to me. So what do you see today as the biggest challenge in raising your little girl in today's society with mm-hmm. Christian ethics? And you have three girls uh, and morals. And what do you mm-hmm. see as the biggest challenge for raising the teenagers? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that protecting our children's innocence is, um, it's just, it's so... It's so difficult now because I feel like I, I think about like my little girl. So I can't even watch a football game with my family without junk coming on commercials, um, whether mm-hmm. it's like a scary movie trailer or if it's like, um, you know, even a lingerie commercial where it's just, you know, I know that my boys are watching. Right. And so that's one thing that I try to be proactive about. I make sure that I pause the TV because we can't, um, they're just so impressionable. They're yes. like sponges, especially they when they're little. My little three-year-old Allie she's taking everything in right now. So even if it's my older kids saying a word that's not necessarily bad for them, like shoot or something like mm-hmm. that, I'll mm-hmm. correct them, you know, because I'll say, Oh, we say, Oh my goodness. And so, that's right. you know, yeah. she just, cause she'll, she'll, you know, she'll say anything that they say. And, um, so I just need to be aware of how much they're, they're watching. Um, and then also, you know, I think about like, how we as parents are so afraid sometimes of offending other parents. Like I've really struggled with this over the years, especially living um, where I live now and not having known people for very long in this community. I have to tell my kids no a lot. And that's really hard. Like when they get invited to friends' homes and things like that, mm-hmm. um, if I, if they're not somebody from church or somebody I know really, really well and that they have similar principles to mine, I have to say no a lot. And that can get really difficult because even there's even been a couple times where I've been called out by another parent where mm. they said, your son said that he couldn't come to my house and I want to know what's going on. And, and that's really hard. Oh, yeah, but I, I had to just try to graciously respond to that. And, and luckily, I mean, with this child, um, with my son, I was able to say, you know, he doesn't always, he's not much of a, a leader and he doesn't always make great decisions. So we try to keep a really close eye on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I try to go with that kind of a question. But I look at Allie and I think, okay, she's three, but it's just around the corner where she's going to make little friends from Awana or, you know, possibly some sort of preschool program if I put her in something. Sure. And I have to realize like my, my responsibility is to, rep- is to protect her innocence. It's not to, um, make sure I don't offend another parent That's because right. people yeah. just get offended. That's, That's just the way it right. is. And, and, and don't you feel like... And just right, try to be gracious. Yeah. Go right, ahead. Right now, Jessica, I've never seen anything like it. You know, I'm 55 mm-hmm. and I've never seen 
a world that's so offended by everything. You know, people, oh, you, yeah. you turn, mm-hmm. you look, you're, I'm offended, I'm offended, I'm offended. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we just can't keep getting wrapped mm-hmm. up in the fact that people are offended. And I think you have mm-hmm. to very gently but firmly take care of your kids. Nobody else is going to do that. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Recently, I know you were talking about TV and just being careful for mm-hmm. your for your kids. I know my husband's very respectful when the Victoria's Secret commercials continue to come on mm-hmm. all the time between the shows we're watching. And that's usually when he gets mm-hmm. up to get a Mountain Dew or, you know, looks at me and we start right. talking. And I really value that about him. Mm-hmm. But recently, a Chinese mm-hmm. mall hosted a Victoria's Secret type of fashion show with little girls age five to 12 dressed mm-hmm. in lingerie. And it's quite a, you know, a stir that it created as many Mm -hmm. parents felt like this was exploiting children, which I agree. And we think about all of the, you know, things that are happening in today's world with sex trafficking and Mm -hmm. just the exploitation of little kids. How do you think something like that, uh, you know, this lingerie show would add to the troubles? Well, it adds greatly to it. And as much as I want to say I'm appalled, unfortunately, we live in a society now where you, when I when I heard that the first time, I was like, yeah. And I think that just saddens me so much and breaks my heart that we're at a place now in our in our world where that doesn't shock me anymore. And that just, it's disgusting, but it doesn't shock me. But I think it just makes me realize all the more of like, um, you know, when I was growing up, would I wear, um, you know, a two-piece bathing suit when I was five? Yeah. But now I think of it differently. I think there's a lot of sick people out there. And so I'm extra cautious of um, what my girls wear, my teenage girls. Like we have conversations about why something might not be okay. And they don't realize how other people look at them, but, but really it starts with our little girls and Mm -hmm. And letting them know what what modesty is and just rooting them in God's word and what he expects of us and in our bodies and how we portray ourselves. So Absolutely. It, it's appalling and yet it's not. And, and like I said, that just makes me so sad. Well, you know what I love? I love that you brought up such an important part of this whole conversation. And that is it starts with little kids. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. we really have the opportunity with God's help to be molding them and to be mm-hmm. taking care of them and protecting them even more than people did. I talk a lot about, um, you know, just in my era, how safe it was to go outside. And, you know, we'd be out in the neighborhood playing until 8, 830 at night, never think mm-hmm. about anything. And today you just can't do that. And I think about how impressionable little kids are. My granddaughter Cordelia went to church mm-hmm. on Sunday and I asked her, you know, what happened? And she said, oh, Nanny, did you know that that God said there was light? And Nanny, there was light. And I just thought, <laughs> how great is it? She, oh, was, so ex- it. she was so excited yeah. to tell me about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what an impressionable age and so important mm-hmm. to let kids be kids and not right. push them. So what are three steps that you can tell our listeners to take that will effectively help protect um, our little girl's innocence and help mold them into upright, godly individuals because, you know, right now it's a tough mm-hmm. world out there. What do you think? Um, well, I think, you know, the first thing, it starts with their innocence. I think we need to monitor and protect what we allow them to be exposed to. So, I mean, I kind of went back to the whole, you know, fast-forwarding commercials because we can't, they're going to see things. If you're even in a in a the grocery store, they're going to see magazine covers and things like that. So, you know, when they're little, just to try to, you know, get them to do something else. Or like you said, your husband will kind of just start having a conversation with you. We try to do that with our older kids just to not pay attention. 
But um, I think it starts with protecting innocence. I think it's not sending them into places that set them up to be exposed. I think about, you know, a big thing right now to me is social media and how young kids are starting to get into it. And totally, yeah. Um, I don't want to go too far off of the subject of, because we're talking about, you know, our girls, but, but it really, it's, it's about the boys as well, because we're raising our boys and how they should treat girls. Mm-hmm. And, but I look at social media and my fifth grader is being bombarded with friends saying like, how do you not have Snapchat? How do you not have all these different things? And luckily he's just saying, my mom doesn't let me. And, and I appreciate that he's not arguing with me about it because right. I think he understands that, you know, protection I want to have over him. But there's going to be a point that it might be more of a struggle. But I just wonder sometimes with parents, I mean, it's so easy just to hand over, um, you know, an electronic device and let our kids get on social media and entertain themselves. Mm -hmm. But I look at like Allie right now at three years old. I mean, what if in the next, you know, three to five years, she's asking to be on these things because it's getting younger and younger. Um, It's just, it's full of junk. I mean, there's just not, and they just aren't in a place where they can filter it. They don't get it. Yeah, they can't filter it. That's what parents are for. And so I would say that's the first step is just, is just, um, you know, monitoring and protecting them and keeping them as innocent for as long as you can know who their friends and who their friends are and who the parents are of those friends. Um, It's okay to say no. And you got to establish standards when they're young. Um, like I said earlier, I think the the second thing is prayer, which is probably the most important, I'm sure. It's the protection of God around our kids, that He goes before us, besides us, and behind us. And He will give us discernment how to better parent our kids, because He sees all the things that we don't when they're not with us. That's right. Um, so that's, that's a big one. And then yeah. I think the third one for me is make sure you set them up for success. Um, Mm -hmm. get them into the Word, be reading the Word with them, Um, make sure that they're engaged in church as they grow older and a good youth group, and also open your house to others. Like, you know, I don't let my kids go very many places because I just don't know that many people Mm -hmm. around here and, like, really what the standards are of different homes. And so I make my house the place where kids want to come. I make sure I always have food for them. They'll sit at the counter and eat snacks and have conversation with me. Build relationships with your kids' friends. I think that is a huge thing. Yes, definitely. So what's one last thing that you can share with our listeners today to encourage Mm -hmm. um parents who are struggling with kids that are really attracted to the, you know, social Mm -hmm. media, they're attracted to the things of today. They love people like Miley Cyrus who are disrespectful Mm -hmm. and, you know, crying when they don't get their way and a grown adult and yet really just, you know, I have disrespect for myself. But we look at scripture, we look at characters like Esther, we look at Ruth, we look at the Mm -hmm. good people in scripture. What can you tell parents? Yeah, I mean, with what you just said, all those amazing characters in the Bible and, like, these different women of the Bible that our our girls can model themselves after, introduce them to those stories if they haven't been already and and be reading those stories with them and talk about, you know, we were created in God's image. And right now, society is, is trying to tell them who they should be, what they should be. You know, they're not good enough if they don't look like a certain thing or a certain person. Um, so I think saturating them in God's truth and don't ever feel like it's too late. I think, you know, you just have to have a relationship with your daughters and ask them questions. Um, don't just tell them what to believe because that's what you, you know, you believe and that's what's right. Ask them questions and get them talking about, you know, get them to ask you questions about, you know, well, what does 
God think of me and, and, and things like that. And mm-hmm. so I think it's just, like I said, saturating them in God's truth. Um, that's really the only way that you can properly encourage your children to, you know, walk with the Lord and not, not find their identity in the world. Thank you so much, Jessica. You've been an incredible inspiration and just an encouragement, I know, for our listeners who are parenting kids today. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for being with us on the show. All right. Thanks, Kathy. Take care. Friends, that was mommy of six, Jessica Newbert. Friends, this is a difficult topic. I wish that we could rewind the clock to a place where Opie was little and Sheriff Andy Griffith would make sure the streets were safe and our kids were enjoying an after-school snack, maybe of Aunt B's banana bread. If you don't know what show I'm talking about, you need to check it out. Then they'd head out and fish by the pond all the while enjoying childhood. I wish that we could know that every single day, every single place your child went, whether it was school, the mall, or a friend's home, was a safe harbor, safe from the evil that's lurking around every corner. As Christ followers, we believe that we are to abstain from worldly views. How are you teaching your child God's viewpoint? What are you doing to provide methods to stand up against bullying? How are you staying strong for God? Need some encouragement? Well, here's three ways from my heart and mind to yours. Number one, pray. Pray for your kids. Pray for yourself. Pray for your marriage. Tell God you need help and ask Him for help. Number two, read your Bible. Listeners, we still have freedom of speech, although it seems to be fading fast. We still have freedom of religion, although that's being challenged. Feed your mind and your soul with God's words right now. Number three, find a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church and get involved. Be with other like-minded people. Here's some encouragement about living today's world and where to turn from Francesca Battistelli. It's called It's Your Life. Let's give a listen. This is the moment. It's on the line. Which way are gonna fall? In the
Listeners, don't buy into the enemy's lie that we can't stand up and make a difference. As long as there are people who are acting in love and making every effort to work together, evil doesn't win. But where will you draw your strength from? For yourself and for your children. Let's face it, today's news reports and the onslaught of what I call crazy land behavior can take a toll on all of us, no matter our age. I feel my blood pressure rising almost every day with all that's happening. Listeners, God's still in control. On days like today, when we're looking at our TV sets or our phones, it's hard to believe that there's still a voice of reason and that there's still a moral fiber alive. But don't buy into that lie that everything is bad, because we know that there's evil in the world. And there are bad people, but there are also good people, good people that are serving God, helping others, loving others. I want to challenge you and me both this week. Let's think about when we start out and we're headed back to school and jobs and our everyday world, let's be prepared for what's ahead of us. Let's start with good rest, good food, prayer, scripture, and knowing who we are and where we stand. When the crashing waves come at us, the reports, the stories, and the shock of what's happening— here or there with Hollywood or politics or just even national, you know, maybe disasters that are happening. Let's stand firm where we are. God is still on the throne and there are still people fighting for the lives of children to not only be born, but to live and thrive on planet earth. Here's Isaiah 45, 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, it's a very difficult time to be raising children in today's world. Culture's drawing our kids one way while your word leads us in a completely opposite way. Help us to determine truth, to follow your path, and to be strong with your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes and please give us a favorable review so that other people can listen to the show and enjoy it as well. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. best.